Yeah, what's the edge of how tall you'd want to be? That's a great Sean, question. What's your limit? How tall would you realistically <laughs> want to be? I think six two is a really good height. That'd be that'd be like people would respect you. That's like you're yeah, you're tall enough that you just get respect. <laughs> I don't get no respect. So you think you think your height is the problem? Yes. <laughs> it's the only thing holding you back. That's I'm a very eleven. That's a very that's a very unrespectable height. That's a very uh Gabe seems tall. Yeah. <laughs> out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly. For your business paper needs or Dundamip. Then the people purses paper people Dundamip. Then the people purses paper people Dundamip. Then the people purses paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott wait, Podcast wait, wait, wait. Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and distant relative of Wayne The Rock Johnson, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin James, and in sumo culture, I'd be considered a promising up-and-comer. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Whoa, that person has really gotten him or herself into quite a predicament. <laughs> Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. Uh, this week we'll be talking about the Season 9 episode, Andy's Ancestry. Uh, after that, we'll head to the conference room where we've got uh, some emails and some voicemails to go through. Uh, and we'll finish up today with some trivia uh, sent to my, uh, sent to us by Mai. So thank you, Mai. And... Uh, yeah, I think, uh, do we have any housekeeping before we get into it today? Well, same old, same old, which is uh, <laughs> directing our listeners to our wonderful <laughs> Patreon community uh, full of Scott's Tots. Uh, when you join the Patreon, you become a Scott's Tot. You get a lithium battery, you get one <laughs> textbook, yep. uh, or a couple textbooks, depending on your college, and uh, more importantly, you get access to all of our patreon mailbag episodes we do monthly exclusive episodes just for our patreon members where we answer every question we get and the episodes are getting longer and longer and longer and it's taking more <laughs> and more time to do them yep <laughs> but uh this is the this is the contract we signed with the devil so we uh, uh jo join there you also get our main episodes um ad free you get your own private podcast feed you get our our, our bonus episodes uh, you get some exclusives, some fun little stuff in there. There's, there's, there's a lot of stuff. There's a yeah. lot of stuff. There's a, a lot, lot of stuff. Of stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, we also, we also make contributions uh, to the Thurgood Marshall College Fund with a portion of all right. of our Patreon money proceeds from the show. Uh, so join us. I mean, come on. We're going to be doing our Patreon episode here in the next week or so, probably. Uh, so it's a <laughs> just great a time days. to join get that question in um or if you need if, if you've ran out of episodes for us you need a whole back catalog it's there just waiting for you hours uh, for five american dollars uh and it but it will of course um you know convert that to whatever currency wherever you live is available so uh how's that for a graceful Fruit finish bucks. to this housekeeping segment Stanley go ahead let's, let's take the rest of the show <laughs> There you have it. Check us out on Patreon if you like the show. Support us. Patreon.com slash Michael Scott. Uh, this week we are talking about Andy's Ancestry. That's season nine, episode three. Uh, it aired on October 4th, 2012. Written by Jonathan Green and Gabe Miller. Those are a couple of uh, showrunners from Superstore, uh, oh. which I've never watched Superstore. Have you, Edwin? Uh, I've seen or some hours. episodes. I like it. It's uh, I, People... Um have kind of considered it in the NBC comedy landscape, sort of a successor to the office a little bit. Is it um, mockumentary? Does it have talking heads and stuff like I that? I don't believe so. I don't okay. believe it's a mockumentary, but it is a workplace comedy. I've actually um, been on the Superstore set in the oh. store um, at Universal Studios. Very it's cool. cool. It's, uh, yeah, it's Well, cool. big deal. <laughs> I worked in a warehouse. Men's warehouse. <laughs> Hello, how are you? 
for having a sale on khaki pants today. <laughs> uh, directed by David Rogers, who you may know from Company Picnic. Hey, these are expensive Ray-Bans, jackass. <laughs> That's him. That's him. Uh so there you go. That's, That's Andy's funny. Andy's ancestry. Andy's ancestry. Edwin, why are we talking about this episode this week? This episode was a way for us to tap back into season nine, which is a mm-hmm. territory of the show that we haven't been in in, in quite a few episodes. Much um, to the chagrin of our listeners. <laughs> uh, I also thought when looking at season nine and trying to find the right episode for us to discuss this week that this was one that doesn't sort of overlap with a lot of other major plot points in the sh- in, in season mm-hmm. nine. So as far as – I mean, obviously there are bits of it with uh, with Athlete and Jim and Pam yeah. and um, – it kicks, of, off. Aaron, it kicks off kind of. a big plot. Yeah, Annie and Aaron, yeah. a little bit of that stuff is still kind of simmering, but it's before the yeah. boat trip. It's before Jim actually goes mm-hmm. to Philly. Um, mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just, it, it's very much early in the season uh, type of episodes, and it's one that it will be easy to kind of gloss over in a discussion of season nine's bigger plot, plot dynamics or um, season nine in general. Yeah. But, I, so for this week, we'll talk about that one episode that Annie wears a vest. <laughs> what is vest. going is on with the only one he wears a vest in? this is like the zip vest it was it felt it's very like a unique fleece it's really right. weird it's, it's the it's the silicon valley vest I, he, he i feel like he wears a vest in a lot of season nine mike just making that Could up be. completely i'm, I'm be. picturing him on the uh on the slack line in a vest mm-hmm. but i don't think he is now that you Hmm. No one, yes, no character's vest. wardrobe has as much variance as Andy Bernard. <laughs> yeah, that's so maybe true. Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a good. Ryan goes point. to some crazy places, but I'd say really yes, does. Andy from the get go um, is is all over the color palettes. Yeah, um, yeah. For whatever reason, we've moved beyond uh, Easter preppy um, <laughs> Andy, which I'm I'm not really sure why that is, but uh, but this it was is outward bound mostly. This, this is kind yeah. of I mean we're 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 three seven three episodes into season nine. This is a new Andy that we're seeing at this point and we'll we'll get into that I'm sure too. Um but uh, but what what storyline you want to uh start with here? Well, I guess one other little piece of this episode that made it sort of appealing is that it does have a lot of funny, unique, very distinct uh storylines from season nine and from the show in general uh, i guess we should start with the cold open which is one of my favorites i think one of the more memorable ones mm. from season nine which yes. is asian gym that's right <laughs> you, this is one that i think many people would not even this is a cold open i think a lot of most office fans would recognize but i think yes. not a ton would know it's from season nine mm-hmm. you kind of just mm. some of those great cold opens you kind of detach them at least i do sometimes they get a little detached from like what season yeah. or episode because they're kind of their own things and like this is one where like the thumbnail image of the episode is from the cold open. So that's kind of just like, <laughs> you just sort of remember that, but it feels like a, such a classic cold open, but it's really not. It's, it's season nine, which is sorry, not classic. This <laughs> is one season. that it's a cold open that it's made its way into a lot of memes. It also features Randall Park, who I think his act, his profile as a celebrity has grown quite a bit since that yeah. time. He's even mm-hmm. said Randall Park on, uh, I believe it was on like, Conan's talk show that he did one one episode of one sitcom like sometime <laughs> in his past, and then he would have people drive past him or walk up to him and be like, "Hey, it's Asian Jim," and <laughs> he wouldn't really know what they were talking about because I mean, so many of these working actors are in so many things, and right. I mean, I, I mean, Sean, maybe you have some more perspective on this, but I can only imagine that it was like a day of shooting. Right, like how, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. So one day, one day <laughs> of your life, and uh, something that a lot of people remember. Um, yeah. But it is, it is very, very classic and uh, and very, very funny. I think. I think yeah. one other thing about this cold open is that in season nine, Dwight is a little bit more detached. It's explained in the, I believe it's the cold open for New Guys episode one that he's doing Krav Maga or um. Maybe yeah. that's in season eight. I'm sorry. But Dwight's oh, presence okay. is a little more dialed down. He doesn't have the same sort of reactive energy to Jim's pranks as he does in the earlier seasons. But by having a new person be there, uh, Dwight is similarly <laughs> shocked the way that he would be earlier in the show. His uh, Rain Wilson's reaction to the picture is so, yeah. is so oh, good. God. It's like his brain broke. It's like... <laughs> he's, he's like Dwight's someone that 
puts a lot of uh i i don't know what they're puts a lot of stock in like analog things like if you showed him a newspaper with a date he'd believe you you know like right you, you, you show him the picture you show him like the things you can't he doesn't realize you can fake yeah <laughs> um blows his mind so so it's like it's not until i feel like it's not until he sees that picture right. a fact and, from and, his letterhead from the future yes exactly <laughs> that's a great example uh like a tactile thing where he's like being there it is on paper uh he respects a contract uh but, so yes he does it's not until he sees that picture that he fully is like, duh, yeah, and the sounds he makes are <laughs> yeah. amazing. I mean, he, he, getting Jim's password, uh, he also is like, whoa, okay, they're not faking. Like, no way Jim would give his password to anybody. Um, yeah, that's it's just super well done. Dwight is so impassioned about the security and integrity of Dunder Mifflin details and information <laughs> that he actually yeah. cares about the voicemail password. Um, <laughs> I got to think, if it's Jim and Pam's actor friend... Mm-hmm. who I'd like to know more about or wait what um uh you got to think he's been in he's been in some of um what's his name's plays Sonny Shelby Thomas Weems, Weems. Shelby Thomas Weems's plays <laughs> he's must have been at that playhouse right <laughs> well if I a, if he's a Scranton actor mm-hmm. well they must not know him better than the random people that they met at baby and me <laughs> who they made their the oh, godfather their <laughs> the godparents of their child <laughs> Like again, like Jim and Pam don't actually have friends outside. They don't have of work. friends. <laughs> they don't have friends. They have. They're just like Michael. All they have is all they have is the office. They've got Frank and that's beans. All we see. <laughs> of course. Oh, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Did we not do trivia together? And when there was another team at trivia called the Asian Gyms. I don't remember. I don't do you recall. recall this. This is somewhere. <laughs> Maybe a listener in wrote in. Trivia but without us. Yeah, it was like a group of friends, and they were, uh, they were. I think they were all Filipino. I want to say, and they, ah. they they named their team the Asian Gems, mm-hmm. which was just a great, a great move. I should have been there. I should have been part of that team. <laughs> you should have. Yeah. yeah, you should have been there. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, I, someone's gonna write in. So, like at some point, that was a trivia team that I interacted with. I don't I, remember when or where. I prefer the idea that Sean kind of posited, which is that you were doing trivia without us. Uh, ideally, just... what I'm imagining is you by yourself you at office slip. trivia nights around town. <laughs> yeah, I got to go sharpen my knife. You know, yeah, you guys are Ed just was good. A bunch of crumpled like pieces of paper of and a pencil. Here. <laughs> What's your team name? Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Man in warehouse. Alone. <laughs> But yes, uh, I I do agree. One of the in the pantheon of cold opens, I would say, if a legendary. If most people were making a, a top five. I, I imagine this one would probably be in there. Mm-hmm. This makes its way um, into a lot of my drafts. <laughs> yes, I mean it's the show. details are great. Um, the having the info on the sales, knowing that Jim is like. Well, let's see if Dwight's going to quiz you. He's going to ask about work. He's going to like, <laughs> you got to hit him. You got to hit him at home with the picture. You got to hit him at work with the order. <laughs> yeah. How many things did he memorize that he didn't have to talk about? <laughs> I mean, he probably had to hire him for the day as an actor. No, definitely. They had, they had to take the picture. I mean, this well, we is know not a small prank. Jim's prank budget is, you know, basically endless. <laughs> most, most of most of his income goes straight into it. Uh. Well, after this cold open, I think the first person that we visit is Daryl in the break room. Uh, he is reading kind of like a self-help book um, while while Aaron uh, learns French. And so I think, uh, you know, maybe we start with, with Daryl uh, in this episode since... Yeah, Daryl is uh, <laughs> really trying to be productive. He's trying to be more ambitious and this uh, this is something that stood out to me from this episode is that how low the the sort of plot stakes are on andy's ancestry and daryl even says Mm -hmm. to andy it's only weird if you make it weird and yeah it just made me think about characters like daryl like andy uh excuse me like daryl like jim like dwight who have shown the qualifications or the ambition at least maybe to be manager to be something else and at this point in the office it doesn't really seem like there's a lot of places for them to go Mm-hmm. Corporate as we knew it doesn't really exist anymore. They never really talk about it. We, it's just David mm-hmm. Wallace out there mm-hmm. somewhere. Um, <laughs> and 
I think Daryl really struggles with the fact that Andy, who has been, you know, was chosen by Robert California and then, you know, stays there because of David Wallace, doesn't take him seriously. And I think in season eight, you can get away with it a little bit because you have Robert California injecting so much sort of chaos and uncertainty. And you still have the structure of Sabre. But uh, what is Daryl supposed to do? He's trying to do something more. Yeah. Right. And I think that's a lot of of, of where his story ends up. Um, I mean, his his story in this episode eventually convenes with Jim's um, at the end. I mean, those they, they line up and it it's sort of... Daryl finding the ceiling and realizing that's not exactly as high as he'd like to go or not even high as he go, just like not where he totally wants to be. And he's yeah. maybe played out all he can uh, at Dunder Mifflin. And uh, yeah. And along the way, he's has to help Andy as usual. Uh, everyone has to pick up Andy's slack <laughs> throughout <laughs> this entire show. It's a funny coincidence that Andy is the one in Lotto about one full season earlier who challenges Daryl on the fact that he had been promoted and didn't do a lot with what Joe had kind of seen in him. And mm-hmm. he he challenges Daryl to to do more and that he got there and he stopped pushing. And then one season later, Daryl is trying to do more and Andy is more concerned yeah. about pretending to be poor, like trying to come up with backstories for his childhood and all these other weird, non-important things that have nothing to do with anything they don't have anything to do with the business of paper or or, uh, or anything like that it's just about saving face in front of his co-workers yeah i i mean i i think that like the daryl storyline um doesn't have a bunch of laughs in it really we did get we do get him uh trying to save time and uh uh recording the extra uh the extra sound bites yeah, <laughs> uh, which is a funny joke, and I love how they bring that back. Uh, I'm bring... so glad they used it. Yeah, it's uh... Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> at wow. the perfect time, when... <laughs> like right after Andy asks the whole office, "Does anyone think it's possible I came from slave owners?" <laughs> Whoa, that person has really gotten him or herself into quite a predicament. <laughs> Daryl demonstrates uh, a high level of self awareness in this episode, which is to say that he does acknowledge that, yes, we let's knock out some of these right away, um, these these talking head reactions, because it seems like there are so many that the show uses to kind of influence or reinforce whatever's going on mm-hmm. in, the, in the office that day. And this idea about productivity hacks, I mean, it makes me think of when Ryan says to Michael in season four, I know exactly how much time and energy is wasted at this mm-hmm. branch. And then at the end, when Daryl says, seems like the better my job title gets, the stupider my job is. Which is like strangely true. He goes from yeah. being That's true uh, in real life too. He goes uh, <laughs> from being the foreman in the warehouse uh, and joking about Michael's nerf nerf life to becoming a part of that nerf life. And then what are his duties? And he says, "Come on, this is classic uh, assistant to the regional man- regional manager stuff." Should I tell people I grew up in an apartment, or is that just too crazy? <laughs> mm-hmm. So. It makes sense that Daryl is looking for something more. And then we see that play out over the rest of the season with uh, with athletes that becomes a bigger and bigger thing. You're right. And the thing is, like, throughout the show, I mean, Daryl is... And there's even a scene in this episode where Daryl shows someone an idea and it's received really well. And it's like, whoa, look at what Daryl found out. Like, when he shows Jim mm-hmm. about, you know, how we should be batching his orders and, like, saving all these time. Like, you know, saving time and becoming a more efficient uh, worker. Uh, and, yeah, he... He impresses several people along the way, and it, it it even goes happens here. And you could even argue that that little, like it's something Jim has seen several times. Jim has watched Daryl uh, move up in the company and have good ideas, and Jim, rightly so, recognizes that oh, if I'm going to do this, you know, I'm going to need a good team uh, to go to Philly with me, and and eventually uh, we we'll get to the scene with Daryl later. But uh, I mean, that's kind of just in Daryl's work DNA, where he just like is always thinking about how to be a little better so it does track that he would eventually be reading these like self-help books for like how do we get to the next spot um Mm -hmm. and luckily i mean at least jim has an option for him instead of andy who does not have an option for him we should eventually move to the rest of this episode but one i guess one additional thought is that it is really funny to watch daryl in the show 
have these true moments of, I guess, um, like ability and competence, mm-hmm. and he shows just how essential he can be with the the shipping thing that he shows to Joe Bennett, uh, like you mentioned right. here, this productivity thing, the way that everyone actually responds to his pitch at Athlete when he's being interviewed, uh, versus the times that he also kind of self-sabotages or struggles, like when he's trying <laughs> to write his resume, uh, the thing in Lotto, or when he shoots the basketball, the basketball in the fish tank. Yeah. yeah, so it's funny <laughs> to watch that back and forth. You know? <laughs> yeah. I've um, only got a couple of years left in those knees. Yeah, or developing a soy allergy at 35. Um, Before we move on, can mm-hmm. I, I might need two minutes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Be right back. Take I mean, two you minutes. Can mo- you can move on if you want we'll, to. Or how about we'll, we'll keep going. Okay. okay. We can do this, but we can do this without you, Sean. What do you think he's doing, Edwin? I don't know. Two minutes. He took his headphones off, so he can't hear us now. Mm-hmm. Now we're just watching a static shot of his basement. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> two minutes. What's he doing? Something with the cat, probably. Anyway, uh, why don't we why don't we move on from from Daryl? I think um, let's move to Andy's ancestry. The actual yeah. sort of title, the eponymous storyline from this episode. How about um, it? kind of brought about by Nellie and Pam and Andy's still kind of uh, trying to get Nellie to do something. She's asked her to do that project about less paper cuts. Not possible. <laughs> and so Andy- says, get your wrinkly old balls in here. <laughs> when, he call- when he calls Nellie into his office for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Get He's- your wrinkly old balls in here. He's really been salting my onions lately. Yeah. <laughs> that is such a great expression for Nelly. <laughs> Insulting my onions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has. But yes, this is... I, we're, we're he's. I guess we're supposed to think he's just having Nelly kind of do these menial tasks for him. Mm-hmm. Because he's, treating, he can't fire her the way that he wants to. And so he's just sort of making her do these assistant-related tasks, uh, including... I, we're supposed to assume looking up his ancestry um, on thisisyourfamilytree.com, <laughs> which I'm going to go to right now and see what comes up. Yeah, and then Nelly just makes it up, adds uh, Michelle Obama mm-hmm. after hearing the story where Michelle Obama, I guess, has white relatives, and Andy takes the ball and runs with it as as he does to kind of inflate his sort of self importance and his uh, his reputation. Talking about oh, get, yeah. get Fit America, going right into the break room and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Before being challenged by Oscar about what the connotations that might actually have. Um, yes, Andy doesn't take a second to think about why that might be the case mm-hmm. or to really do any critical thinking about it in any capacity, yeah. including is Nelly lying to me? Um, but he, I mean, as we know, Andy will do anything to get a little wind in his sails. And you know, from what we learn in Garden Party, from what we learn throughout the show with his relationship with his parents and his general with his family, generally with his family, um, anything to make him feel better on that side of his life, he takes. And for him, uh, he says right away, it's not like, oh, that's interesting, right? That's something I should look into. It's, oh, wow, Michelle Obama is one of the most popular people in this country. So therefore, I can be too, uh, as he's <laughs> obsessed with fame of any kind. Okay, Yumi, Sean's yeah. cat is now on the screen. On the screen, on the table, in in frame. Sean is not there. Yeah. <laughs> that was perfect. That was really funny. Uh, um, anyway. I think there might also be kind of a fundamental difference between Andy and Michael Scott here, where mm. Andy, and also kind of just where we are in the show, I think on one hand, as viewers, we might see Michael's stupidity around, if Michael was in the exact same situation, and we're behaving sort of in a similar way. I think he it might be perceived a little funnier just because Michael is, I think, stupider. And Andy yeah. might maybe maybe I'm messing this up. Andy might be a little more ignorant or a little bit just willing to disregard what he might already know versus yes. Michael just wouldn't even know in general. And Michael would respond differently than Oscar when Oscar and or Daryl pointed out to him. Um, yeah, because <laughs> Andy tries to take sort of revenge. He wants to dig up dirt about everybody else. I think Michael would make stuff up about everybody else's family yeah you know oh yeah i could i like i i could see if, like if if this was switched and it was michael it's like immediately he's 
in the conference room, there's pictures of black celebrities up all over the walls. Maybe he's wearing, you know, something offensive. <laughs> and like immediately, it's like, <laughs> let's talk about African American heritage mm-hmm. and like, uh, he he just go right into like tone deaf, like, wow, you dummy. Um, but yeah, Andy's got a little more. There's an edge to it that's like. He kind of wants to shove it in people's face. Yeah, yeah. Versus, like, Michael wants to share and explore with everyone. Um, and, it's, of course, for both of them, it's all about them. That's all they care about. But Andy's got a... There's just a different tone to it that's a little harsher. Well, and Oscar kind of mentions it well, where he mentions that maybe part of the Bernard family wealth and prestige comes from yeah. this past that they've had, where Michael, like you mentioned in your... Or, as you mentioned, a job worked in a men's warehouse... <laughs> and didn't go to college, you know. It, it, they're just different, different people, I guess. Um, yeah. But it is kind of a strange storyline. Um, and I think, I think you're so one, white. <laughs> one that doesn't have a lot of stakes for kind of anyone except for Andy. And it's a little bit more about the Pam and Nelly dynamic becoming friends, and a little bit of Daryl kind of being annoyed at this, this totally. Um, meaningless sort of thing that Andy is devoting all of his time to. Uh, welcome back, Sean. We're talking about the Andy <laughs> the actual Andy ancestry uh, storyline. But yeah. yeah, like in terms of what it means to the show, it's it's not a lot. Um, no, it feels like, I mean, it, it really just feels like it's a part of this campaign that the writers have to just destroy Andy's character. Um you know, I mean, it just doesn't make. I mean, it just is an, another episode that, to make him not look good. Is almost what it feels like. That's that's really what it's there to do. Because you have either relation. So much of season nine is that. Well, and then the the other characters in the ensemble outside of you know, Jim and Daryl and Nellie and Pam and Dwight and Aaron, which we haven't talked about, don't have as much to do. Yeah. Uh, Phyllis and Kevin and Creed mm-hmm. and Oscar are just kind of there to kind of push back against Andy to make fun of him, change his ringtone, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anything else you want to mention about this storyline, Sean? Any uh, any other things you want to mention about the storyline? Uh, I mean, I think that it's just kind of strange. There's two things in this episode that really um, date it. Uh, it. It the the focus on Michelle Obama you know, being the most popular person in America. It's like, you know, maybe she still is even today. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, but not really. I I don't think like, and then of course, like Game of Thrones, it, uh, the Dothraki language, like it, it. <sighs> I barely want to talk about that storyline. I know. Really? Let's talk uh, yeah. about it. No, oh, we will. God. Uh, <laughs> I just think that like, like I don't know. I don't want to give like my overall on this episode right away, but like we have a feeling we know. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, man. Unlo- unload it. But I mean, these. But like picking really topical things to like focus on for the entire episode uh, is just bad office. It's like it's much better when things are evergreen. Uh, bad office. That bad. office is bad. <laughs> this office is it's bad. Good. Yeah. Uh, that, and that's that's my take on that. I just didn't. I I didn't think. Uh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I I would agree. I think. Well, I I think it's very funny how it's 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 kind of hard to do a sitcom that's totally evergreen that feels out of time like that. Um, and for whatever reason, the pop culture references in the earlier seasons mark it more of as a show from the mid 2000s, which it really is mid late 2000s. Yeah. And this marks it as a show uh, that comes in post 2010. Uh, yeah. The references to Michelle Obama and uh, and uh, Game of Thrones, <laughs> Game of Thrones specifically. Thrones. Yeah, I, it's funny too how like neither of these storylines make me nostalgic for that time. Quite like you know the. T- all the talk about like iPods and stuff like that from the early seasons. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's just like the Dothraki thing is not pleasant at all. And then of course this whole idea that Andy, Andy's ancestors own slave. It's like, I don't know. It, it It's not a fun storyline. It's not like it. it no. It's, and it's not very funny. So <laughs> it, 
it serves the other characters more than it serves Andy in the, in the larger office as a whole. And I for think, sure. for sure, I think the Michelle Obama reference might not hit well only because not because of Michelle Obama, but because this whole topic around Andy and his ancestry is kind of uncomfortable. You know? Yeah. Right. Um, At the end of the day, it's like you're. So we're talking about slavery a bunch. Yeah, and then uh, let's 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 talk about the uh, Dothraki storyline. Well, actually... hold on, hold, 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 a, a thought just popped into my head, just real fast, which is that like clock is ticking. Like when we went back to, uh, like if you go back to Diversity Day, like that episode uses you know race as like you know the main like topic, but really dives into it, <laughs> like really does not like pull or doesn't pull any punches correct um whereas i feel like this like we didn't we just kind of stay surface level on this one we didn't get into like something really horrible cringe happening or like andy taking it way too far like michael would have we talked about this a little bit while you were gone i think okay he does and he does have a fairly michael scott reaction in a way of like well i'm going to research all of your families and be like look all of us are bad like mm -hmm. that's kind of something michael scott would do is just yeah. to kind of kind of muddy the water and bring everyone down to his level yeah that, um, that's but in this case it's like i guess they were in the transport business it sounds right. like it's what we hear is like and when he's talking to his mom it's like ah stop stop talking stop talking i don't want to know that <laughs> okay love you bye <laughs> uh and then he says we merely transport it and it's like you know which at worst makes us a moral middleman which i mean is there anything that describes andy bernard better than that just a moral middleman just totally like even this storyline comes back to you're not that important andy and no one cares about you that's kind of what this is yeah I think there are two major differences between the Michael Scott era, especially early, you're talking about season one, Diversity Day, mm -hmm. and this, Andy Bernard as manager era in season nine. I think number one is that the, the dynamic between the man, regional manager and the employees is so different in the early, like, like first two to three scenes yeah. where they all have to listen to the boss. They all have to be in the conference room mm -hmm. for this stupid meeting because the boss wanted them to be in there. And by the end of the show in season nine, the ensemble is so realized everybody has lines that it doesn't feel like that dynamic is nearly as strong. Stanley can just get up out of, and walk out of Michael's conference room meetings at the end. All right, you get out of here, big dog. It's just <laughs> a different sort of power dynamic within the office, you know? So yeah. I think that's one thing. So they're not as, it doesn't feel as forced as when Michael pushes them into the off conference room, makes them put no cards on their head. I think the other thing is different is that Michael very rarely gets guidance as direct and as appropriate and like, as it gets from Daryl, which is, this is only weird if you make it weird. Mm -hmm. yes. Like Michael doesn't usually get that kind of wisdom. And in, in Michael, Michael's own wisdom is, later when I'm ruining everything, you're going to wish I was on your side. <laughs> so um, I think that's the two things that makes this episode tonally very different. But, but I, I totally agree yes. with what you said. Yeah. Okay, well, we, we can move on. We can move on to, uh, to Aaron uh, learning Dothraki with Dwight. Um <laughs> I so, think I don't know why this this storyline stands out to me so much as being so memorable. I I totally understand that the way that the last season of Game of Thrones ended just put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, and it, it's funny to look back on how much Game of Thrones influence there was across a lot of media in the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, you can put in whatever language you want here, and it's just like a funny Aaron and Dwight storyline because they have such a funny dynamic. Yeah, I mean, like the funniest part about this is is Ellie Kemper like doing the voice i, I guess like She's doing the best she that, can like that's it. the joke it's just this is one of the cringier things for me where every scene of this i'm just like can we oh my god i hate this it's just so stupid and like it's just an inaccessible bit and like i get game of thrones is super popular obviously i loved it uh and again yeah ellie kemper's doing what she can she's selling it dwight's selling it it's just like the whole bit's like she's trying to learn French to fit in with Andy's, Andy's family more. Dwight's like, you should learn Dothraki. Okay. They do it. <laughs> it's just not like I just it's just not funny at all. It's I don't know why. I don't know why what it is. Every every part, every scene is so cringy to me. Of just like, can we move on, please? Uh yeah. I mean and uh, and like I I think too like the climax of the joke is just 
Andy being like, oh, you're learning a fake language. Great. Like, and it, I mean, it just is. Yeah. I, I, man, that, okay. If the, if this is an episode that you like, I'm so, like, I'm sorry. I, I'm not <laughs> trying to, I'm not trying to just crap on all over it, but because I think like what, what we always try to do on this show is I feel like the, the, the mission statement is always like, why do we like the office? What is good about it? Like what gets in our heads and like makes us obsessed about it. And I would say that this is not one of those episodes. It just feels low rent, like all the way through, uh, this, yeah, the, yeah, this It's really leaving out the croquet of it all, you know? (laughs) I I don't mind the storyline nearly as much as you guys do. I think it's, it's funny. It's, it's, it's silly. It's very silly. It doesn't take up that much screen time. And Aaron and Dwight are just a funny sort of two characters to interact with each other. And it also sets up, uh, it builds momentum for Aaron and Pete, which is just that Pete like learns one word to connect with Aaron, um, where, where Aaron is being actively sort of um, excluded by Annie and his family who are speaking a foreign language around her um, to Dwight, who is kind of, no, 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 you need to do this. He's kind of mm-hmm. like he does one thing to try to, Pete does one nice thing to try to, I don't know, extend a, a handout to her a, a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it just kind of serves that purpose. The other purpose that it serves from a storytelling perspective is it removes Dwight from the whole Andy's ancestry thing, except for yeah. the moment where Andy is giving all the made up things about everybody else. Um, right. But I don't know why it's, it's, it's mem- It's very memorable to me. And one of the, totally a trivia name that either, I don't know if we discussed it on this or in the Patreon episode, but it was like he, she, it throat rips. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. As he, she, it throat rips. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one, that's the, that's yeah. the one line I love. Yeah, I, I do I, like from that. Whole maybe yelling it from, yeah. from the back of a horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things like this would be a funnier scene than to keep it going because it, it just doesn't evolve much. But I, I get what you're saying structurally. I just wonder. It's like they're starting. No, I like that Aaron's trying to learn French and <laughs> Dwight comes in like French. Yeah. Great language like for a chain smoking acrobat. Uh, <laughs> but I, I wish there'd been a thing where it's like, what if what if Aaron tried to teach French to Dwight or like, you know, like I, I just feel like there's a, there was something more. Who knows? Well, this I, it is, just it feels a little forced to me that it's like the office is trying to stay hyper relevant by having a whole storyline about a different popular show, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. It's like too I, much. I think too, it's, that's too outside of the office. I think too, this probably started as like, what's an idea? Dwight learns Dothraki. You know, this right. is a way to kind of tap into things. I think a funnier version of this entire joke with Aaron um, is from Pool Party, where she says. I'm not going yeah. to be one of those exes who can't move on. They have their life and I have mine. I'm taking an Italian class. So far, I've learned tortellini, spaghetti, linguine. Well, it's not so much a class as a restaurant, but I do Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 7 to 9. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, I think, like, I think it also just is, a, like, a little cartoony. And, sure. And so, like, if you're going to go, like, cartoony right away, like, it just the, – the stakes are lower. Because it doesn't feel raise real. those stakes. raise the stakes. <laughs> Let's go, baby. <laughs> Slop them up. Um, okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah. Do we want to talk about Nellie and Pam? That's the other sort of storyline at the yeah. end of this episode. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, uh, you know, like this this storyline too gets a little cartoony with just like the the car crashing and skidding and all these other things happening, but. Uh, but yeah, so Nellie is um, needs Pam's help. Needs to learn how to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, man, it just feels like this feels recycled <laughs> too. Of like, well, it's like, oh, Nellie needs help. You know, adopting a kid. Nellie needs help driving. Nellie needs help, like packing and getting over her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, oh my god, it's like feels like Parks and Rec a little bit all of a sudden with like, just like. Like, oh, like, you know, Tom needs advice again. <laughs> yeah, I I do like, I do appreciate that they at least, this this one and also the, you know, getting over the breakup or packing, like, or, or an adopting a kid, all those storylines, they all add dimensions, you know, to Nellie's character, which I actually like. And we've talked, I've talked about this, of how much more Nellie grows on me the more I watch and how much better I think she actually is as a character. So I, I, I did appreciate the storyline. I like this. I like this one certainly a lot more than the Dothraki one, um, just because it's fun to see. 
it's fun watching Pam discover stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's which mm-hmm. I, I like I like it when Pam has these realizations about people. It doesn't happen that much in the show. Pam's usually like, you know, just like keeps keeps things in order, keeps things moving forward with Jim. And I like that she's like, wow, Nellie's kind of maybe she's kind of fun. Um, when, <laughs> I do. when she I do. when the way Nellie reveals the information to Pam about like Pam, like I can barely turn on my computer. And, and like it's and they're kind of like, "Oh, this is fun." And they start to plan some lies together about other people's family yeah. and and Nellie pretends to beat the mechanic's head in with a wrench. So funny. <laughs> I did like that. I do really like that, Joe. It's like, "Is she fun? Are we sure?" <laughs> I think I think you make an interesting point that Nellie often needs assistance from the other characters, which uh, that that's that's a very interesting thing to, th- to talk about. Like that's so many of her storylines. Mm-hmm. I do like um, in the at the end of season eight when they go to the fundraiser that Daryl Lee is like she's trying. Um, yeah, yeah. And in this one, I do like when she that, eats the taco. <laughs> yeah, and I hope they don't have eyes. Um, I. I appreciate in this episode that it does show Pam like maybe making a friend, which is, I think, an important yeah. thing to have. And she doesn't have that sort of companionship that Jim has with Daryl, even Dwight to some extent. Um, like Pam doesn't have that with a lot of other characters. She has Phyllis and Angela, and they, they aren't really ever, um, you know, able to bond. It's also funny to see Pam's character reflected back at her um, in a way that doesn't come from Angela and Phyllis because those can be kind of acidic sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. I think... But when, when Nelly says, "Yeah, cocky little thing, aren't you, Pam?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just loves me too much. Um, Which is true. And she, no, he just loves me too much. Or just mm-hmm. like Pam. Come on. <laughs> I I do think there's something funny too about Nelly being like, "Well, I'm gonna be eating while I'm driving anyway, so it makes sense to practice." <laughs> that is a good. Uh, job. I, sa- that feels over eating the salad with the <laughs> offside hand. Mm-hmm. I don't know she's... why th- that feels like a uh, <laughs> that feels like a. Um, a Kelly Kapoor joke, like mm. uh, Mindy Kaling mm. written joke. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, oh, for sure. And then the other thing that I mentioned, I guess, just kind of out of this storyline is that it, it gives Pam a sounding board that she'll need for the rest of the season where she, like, as she goes through this sort of thing with Jim. And uh, I think one of the most earned pieces in this episode is the sort of, like, comic misdirection when... Pam and or uh, when uh, Jim and Pam go to talk about it in the office. Oh yes, and yes. Nellie and Daryl are talking outside, and Daryl <laughs> says he needs this, and he said I could get it on two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I th- so glad I like, that's that up. like one that of the most good. like that's like all right, well that's a well written sort of dynamic. That's a well written one of the best structured jokes mm-hmm. in, in the whole episode. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Uh, it's a when all, and it's kind of when all these storylines come together because um, the scene before that we get with Jim and Daryl. Um, with the two of them up on a, you know, uh, looking over the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Great, great setting for that discussion, much like the stairwell with uh, Dwight and Jim scene. I feel like they're kind of looking out over where, you know, Daryl used to be the foreman, um, right. thinking about next options. Um, and this is like Jim struggling with telling Pam throughout this episode break of, of not breaking the news, but, you know, being like, this is something I want to pursue. This is something I've been working on without you knowing um and kind of at the right time that's that's when daryl is like i'm done uh gotta get out of here is what he says and jim says not the easiest day to be assistant regional regional manager and jim kind of throws this idea out daryl's immediately on board uh, and almost jim needs daryl to be excited about it as much as jim wants it to work because jim needs this to be like right exactly yes that's what i thought like he's already had the conversation with pam so many times in his head that's a side um, of Jim that we don't really get to see. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, and, and then, and you know, I, I like how they shoot it. We don't actually hear their conversation. We just sort of see them talk and then the hug. I didn't quite get it until I saw it, watched it this time. That's at the very beginning when he's like, when Pam says, sorry, I'm going to leave you alone for lunch. Cause she's going with Nellie and, and Jim's like, it's all right. I got a thing, a thing of soup. That I've been wanting to try. That that was like, oh, he was going to tell her at lunch, mm-hmm. and that was the thing because because Pam's antenna is up throughout this episode of mm-hmm. what's going on with Jim, leading to, of course, that discussion about uh, you know, is Jim cheating on Jim's Jim's having an affair? 
and uh she never loved you <laughs> that made me laugh so much yeah it just goes right at him <laughs> she never loved you she barely knows knows them <laughs> gonna find you someone better and rich and filipino and filipino we'll wait back to you. tour later hey i we we there's a sort of uh sentence construction that we use on the show that some listeners have pointed out to us Okay. Which is forget the teapot letter, forget whatever mystery <laughs> right, yeah. get to see, and then we throw in things that we didn't get to see, like Michael and Holly's wedding, um, any sure. other sort of missing ingredient from Pam's the show that we mural didn't get to see. that she painted for Angela. Yeah, uh, I would like yeah. to meet uh, this mystery man who is better, rich, and Filipino. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My cup of Yeah, I have a feeling we're looking at him right now. I think we're, I think we're taking a look at him. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like how Nelly says. Uh, it's going to be my next special project, hiring Scranton's most dangerous young muralist to paint the warehouse wall. <laughs> well phrased. I mean, I think that's the thing is Nelly. She's kind can, of fun. She can be, she can be pretty charming when she needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, you know, those moments are few and far between, but she knows how to work, use that to her advantage to charm people. Um, gonna, I might go out on a limb and say that, Nelly is the funniest part of this episode? Question mark? I mean, I'm trying to think of a funnier part, but I I don't I think that she is. I think the joke of her, you know, I might as well start eating while I'm driving now. That's funny. Uh, you know, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but- How about Meredith? She has one line in this episode. It's when she goes, cool. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> right. 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 That Angela's is funny. Neck. And that then when funny. Andy suggests that they set Pete up with Meredith. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Don't fall in love with me, kid. <laughs> um, Any other conclusion? Poor, like- simple boy. <laughs> <laughs> Any other uh, thoughts on Andy's ancestry from season nine? Uh, yeah, I wanted it to be better. <laughs> that you sound like Andy in a uh, search committee. I wanted it to go better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I uh, I, I didn't realize the connection with their the, the Bernard's family love of boats. It's a little oh. worse, a little, mm. little darker after mm. this episode. Um, I but hey. They make them lose the boat, so good on the writers. Sometimes we get some re- replies from people that are like, you guys harp on season nine all the time. Like, I actually like season nine. Like, I actually, I, I like Andy's character in season nine. Um, so, like, you know, I don't mean to just rain on on all that. But, you know, that's what, that's kind of what makes our show different than, like, if you went and listened to office ladies or brian bob gardner show they're they're not gonna they're not gonna be honest about what they don't like and that's what i'm that's just all i'm doing they're not gonna so, spit hot fire we are it. blowing the roof off <laughs> that's right uh yeah i just i, I uh yeah I, I i feel like i've said my piece on it <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's fun i like it a lot <laughs> i i i don't um I don't disagree with you. I totally understand what you're get. You know, your uh, your read of this episode. I think I like it maybe a little more than you do. But it at the same time, uh, it's important that we can you know disagree on things and yeah. uh, and yeah. that we can you know not hold back. Um, I know that my view is always a little bit sunnier, but like it's it, it's good to critique the show, especially yeah. you know, and especially in season nine when so much is going on, so much of the show has changed. Yeah, um, but, and, yeah. And, and and really, like I totally welcome uh, you know those messages from people i'd love to see you know if, if you have a, a if you like always to... welcome constructive criticism <laughs> yeah if you got a take on uh, on this episode why it's absolutely great please write to us mspodcastcompany at gmail.com uh all right i think we can take a break and hit, meet up in the conference room all right everybody in the conference room I don't care if you are gay or straight or a lesbian or overweight. Just get in here right now. Ah, welcome back to the conference room, everybody. Uh, really quick here, I'm, we're going to start this conference room because we did 
we did our uh, our stair draft, our look to the camera draft, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of people when we drafted our favorite staircases, yeah, our... yeah, <laughs> spiral, yeah, yeah. fire escapes. Condo yeah. has a staircase. Yeah. <laughs> just, just never considered different kinds of staircases before. Yeah. Uh, HBO's the staircase. I like when they uh, when Dwight and Michael push the copier down that staircase. Stoops. In, uh, right. in Branch yeah. Wars, yeah. Mm-hmm. Couple couple shout outs. And we got several of the people all said the same one. Um <laughs> one of them is after Michael sings My Horn Can Pierce the Sky, <laughs> then Dwight gives a very sinister look to the camera. Uh that one that one got called called out. I like that. Um the look Michael. Jim gives Holly after it says he's mentally ch- he's mentally challenged, <laughs> and right after, and then another one right after Angela says a GD monkey could do it. Uh, <laughs> all, all, all very good looks. Uh, and another one oh when Toby caresses Kevin's robe at the Christmas party, Kevin looks sideways into the camera. Like, the Kevin happened? Kevin has such good looks at the camera. He really he does. really does. Yeah. He really does. Dude, I, we um, might have talked about it in the episode, but there was one where uh Robert is talking about as Bob Kazimakis is talking about going to Europe to work with gymnasts or whatever, and Kevin yeah. gives a look to the camera that is just savage. Oh right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh the look after it'll all be goat <laughs> with the smile. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then a few people pointed out that we never even mentioned the rapid fire. Dwight looks to the camera when he's in everyone else's costumes. Oh, around the oh, office. Yeah, that's is, a good one. Amazing. That's and, a good one. And for me, this is one yeah. I. As soon as we finished recording, I was like, I totally meant to draft this because I didn't get any Michael. I didn't get any Michael's looks in that draft. And the one I number one would have gotten, uh, and I would have picked it instead of Gabe's looking spooked, is when uh, Ryan, when when Pam is gone and Jim keeps looking at Ryan at reception and, and Ryan <laughs> says, uh, it would weird me out, but it's nothing compared to the way Michael looks at me. And then it's, it's what I said is it's it's the briefest look to the yeah, camera we get on the show, which is Michael staring at Ryan caught. through the blinds, noticing the cameras looking at him and backing up. Uh Anyway, those are some some, some ones we missed. Brilliant. So, thank you for letting us know, everyone. Uh, do you guys want to get into some voicemails? Let's do Would it. Would love to. From listeners? All right. Uh, let's go to this first one uh, here. This one is from Amanda. Amanda from Kentucky. Um, and um, you all asked about if we ever kind of get tired of the office, I guess, sort of in a way with the question, or if you get like think it's kind of rent course um my husband and i watched it um when we first got married it was in 2008 so it was near the end and i remember we watched the finale together and everything and he's rewatched it with me some over the years but it's really um he'll come in the room and i'll be watching it while i fold laundry and he's like are you kidding me you're watching it again <laughs> and i don't know i've never got tired of it at all yeah. Um, I ever will. I watch it um, when all the time when I'm cooking dinner. Um, if there's not something else I need to catch up on, um, I watch The Office. And if I'm in a bad mood, if I'm really sad or anything like that, um, I watch The Office. It's, it's uh, always bright, bright in some mood. It makes me laugh out loud. It doesn't matter how many times I watch it. I laugh uh, a lot. Um, and I listen to you guys when I drive. Um, I have a, about a 40 minute commute to work. So oh, um, I have a few podcasts that I listen to on and off. And you guys are one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love it. Pretty sure I'm almost always driving when I listen. So um, I'm driving right now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Red light, um, red light, red light. <laughs> maybe eventually I'll hear myself on podcasts. Hey. Hope y'all are having a great week. Tomorrow's Friday. So have an amazing weekend. And, um, Thank you, Amanda. Um, I hope you heard yourself in your own car <laughs> calling from your own car. And you, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I uh, no, thank you for the message. It was really nice. And then also, uh, I think it encapsulates probably what a lot of people feel, which is that uh, <laughs> that even if other people in their life don't really 
think about the office or want to watch yep. it much anymore that um you just go back to it again and again um yeah so i, I think I, you're in friendly company here I, like i just mentioned it the other day that i was i was packing recently and just and and watched it for like a full day and and uh i i think that it is kind of almost like a like a background thing but i i i agree that like I still laugh at it too, so it's not totally just like white noise in the in the background. So, yeah, I feel like I, I feel like I I'm exactly where Amanda's at. Like I just love to just kind of have it on when I'm multitasking or or uh, or sure if I or if I'm very sad or feeling low. Have you ever yeah. thought about batching your sales? It could save a lot of time. <laughs> a lot of time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think to. Um... BJ Novak said this, I think, uh, I don't remember where, but he was promoting his movie. Um, I think it's called Vengeance, right? And he was talking about, somebody, they were talking about The Office, and he said that there's like a music to it, which we've alluded to as well, but there's there's a real music to the show. Um, That's even like, didn't Peacock make a like background? It's on the call now. We played it. Oh, yeah, Yeah. that's right. Soundscapes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they know their audience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you for that one, Amanda. Uh, let's move on. This one had no name on the call. Nice and short. That's what she said. Listening to the stair draft right now. <laughs> Can't believe nobody picked not much lumbar support. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, yeah, maybe Love it. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, all right, let's move on here. Next one here uh, from Tyler. Where's Sean Roney? Sipping some dude's thong? Probably. Come in. Did you have another nightmare? Hey, Dwight. Oh, Jim. I thought you were Alex. Does Alex have nightmares? Oh, yes. Ever since the storm. <laughs> Ooh, look at that. Edwin! <laughs> hey, guys. This is Tyler calling from Toronto. I listened to all of your episodes and picked out Sean and Alex's favorite or one of your most quoted lines from the show. And then I listened to all of the episodes again to try and find one for Edwin. But it was tough because you tend to quote so many from your archives. But you did say the... Ooh, look at that baby! <laughs> Line a few times, and you guys got a kick out of it, so I thought it would be a good choice. Thank you again for That's creating awesome. a podcast that gives its listeners the same feeling as the show you guys talk about. That's why so many of your listeners are able to listen to your episodes over and over again, just like how we rewatch The Office. You've created something special here. Can you believe that? You feel that energy? Thousand guys. <laughs> You feel that energy? <laughs> Tyler, wow. Yeah. What I, job. Tour de force. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My jaw is on the floor. That was wow. And if thank this you. was like and a very Jim's, kind message. If this was yeah. like ranking Jim's pranks by budget, this is like the voicemails by budget. This is the most expensive. If you <laughs> listen to our show twice to find our most used quotes, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, and a very, very kind message. That, that super very, nice. Very, very, so very, nice. very nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, I am flattered. That is amazing. We are, we are, we are truly gruntled, and we're very, very lucky uh, to have fans like y'all. Uh, that is, I didn't realize in like listening through and I was like, oh, he's picking out our favorite quotes and putting us in them. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. exactly what it that's was. That's amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Edwin, can we get one quote. just for old time's sake? Ooh, look at that baby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I think maybe in, in the, you can leave this in if you want. In the sure. interest of time, we should do the, uh, the email from the fifth and then move to trivia. Great. Works for me. Yeah, I have a heart out here, folks. Yes. So uh, we got we got to keep moving along. Um, an email from the fifth. Oh, a voicemail from Sorry, the fifth? Sorry, yes, voicemail. My mistake. Got it. Okay. Uh, oh, there's two of... Uh, oh, there it is. Got it. Okay. Here's one from the fifth, and I don't think that we have a name <laughs> on it. Well, I was in the seminar of the year and dropped out because <laughs> I wanted to have sex with the girl, Kathy. <laughs> Followed her back to Sprint. The first job I find in HR, and she divorced me. So, no, I wouldn't say I have a passion for HR. <laughs> did, did, someone, wait, did someone 
someone just, <laughs> just yeah. leaving voicemails as Toby? Yeah. <laughs> that was I love that. <laughs> was that that was the actual a, clip from the yeah, show, right? Yeah. Not, that, that's just, not an incredible impression. <laughs> it's just sort of funny, like Toby's calling our show leaving voicemails. So that's awesome. Probably do that with a few characters, but Toby's happy. the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was in the line uh, of awesome. Hello Rock 107. Am I the 107th caller? So, and so we we do have some more voicemails, but we're, we we have another voicemail show, listener question show Definitely. coming up soon. So we'll we'll just batch those in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and this is a save call, some time. Call call to action to uh, give us a call, leave us a message. Uh, What's that number, Sean? That is five zero three six nine four nine three one four. I don't know how nice. I don't have that memorized. Take okay. a longer pause before you answer, Sean. Um, <laughs> I will say, though, going through voicemails for today's episode, the quality of voicemails has been fantastic. So um, yeah. just because we might not have played yours today doesn't mean we won't or that it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I've, I was super impressed with all the ones that we listened to. Uh, Very me. comedically humorous, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to all trivia. All right, let's do trivia. Okay, this week's trivia was sent in to us by Mai. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, sending you guys trivia for your favorite season. (laughs) All jokes aside, uh, this is Lice, uh, my favorite episode Ah, from season nine. Lice is a good episode for season So I wanted to send you trivia for the episode. Good luck. Okay, here we go. Nine questions, guys. Uh, Question one, Aaron said at the orphanage she had Lice how many times? Seven. Twenty-two. Oh, wow. Dwight said he had lice on his first day of school and no one would play with him. And for 15 years, (laughs) they called him what? All because he had lice when he was seven. Freak, girl puncher. (laughs) Uh, Four eyes. (laughs) And sci-fi nerd. Yeah. (laughs) All because I had lice. Uh, What... Uh. Five characters didn't get lice in the office. Kevin? Mm-hmm. Uh, Creed? Mm-mm. Dwight? Yep. Uh, Stanley? Uh, mm-mm. No, I think... Angela and Oscar for sure have it. Yes. Aaron and Pete for sure have it. Pam and Meredith for sure have it. Yeah. Jim? He Jim has it. A gym. Or he's gone or something. Gone, yeah, it's a it's Dwight. Oh, he's with uh he's with Dr. J. Jim's gone. Episode. I miss him so much, Jim. <laughs> uh it's Dwight, Nellie, Kevin, Phyllis, and Daryl did okay. not get lice. When oh, Dwight okay. drops the anti lice grenade and starts to <laughs> count down from ten, he says nine <laughs> and then what? Purple. <laughs> Yellow. Cold. Sad. <laughs> Purple. <laughs> I know it's uh, comedically broad, but the, both of those moments where he drops the grenade make me laugh every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do the office staff put on their hair to suffocate the lice? Mayo. That's right. Mm-hmm. And after Meredith reveals she has shaved her head, what does Aaron compare her to? <laughs> A, uh, is that the like bald baby? A baby who suddenly aged 50 years. Yeah, yeah. A cute baby, but something sucked the life force out of it. (laughs) Who is the potential investor that Jim goes to Philadelphia to meet? Oh, Julius Herbie. That's right. Uh, What's the name of the bar that Meredith and Pam go to? It's not Poor Richards. Mm -mm. When they do karaoke, right? It is... McGill's or O'Reilly's or something. I don't know. Uh, it is the Bog. All right. Fun fact: the Bog is one of the bars that Meredith names when Michael tries to take her to rehab. Nice. Mm. There's a Bog in Portland, but oh, it really? stands for Bar of the Gods. Oh yes, I know that. All right. Final question: What is the karaoke song that Pam and Meredith sing? Girls just want to have fun. That's Girls right. Fun. Excellent. No, wait, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Excellent work, guys. Uh, Excellent trivia, Mai. Thank you so much for sending that in. If you would like to send us trivia, just email it to us. 
mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. You can also call us and leave us a voicemail, voicemail 503-694-9314. As we said, we do have a voicemail episode coming up, uh, so so please send those in. Um, We're on social media. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com, and we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash michaelscott. You can become a Scott's Top for five bucks a month. You'll get bonus mailbag episodes, ad-free main feed episodes. Together, we make a donation to the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. Uh, so thank you so much to our Scott's Tots who support the show. Uh, we have a lot of fun on the Patreon together, so thank you so much. We love you guys. Uh, special thanks to Ryan Lloyd, who designs our artwork. Uh, this episode was recorded over video chat. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out with us, for sending in emails and voicemails, and for interacting with us. Um, we just we truly appreciate it. it. Makes doing the show so much fun every single week that we get together and talk about the show. We get to interact with everybody. Um, it just it, it makes doing the show just a dream. So uh, thank you as always. Take care. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Pippity poppy, give me the salad. Yes, sir. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.